0: What's up everybody, Clark Talks here, I'm here with Brennan, how y'all doing, and Nick, hola, and we're going to bring you some sports news. So the first thing I got for you guys today is I was watching First Take last night and Stephen A was on there and he was exclaiming that LeBron James would not be LeBron James without Dwayne Wade. And now what he's saying is that because LeBron went to Miami after his first two years in Cleveland. He uh, was not yet his superstar self. He's saying that Dwayne Wade had made LeBron his superstar self. Now, do you agree with this statement, Brennan?
1: I think LeBron was LeBron before he got to Miami, but Wade definitely
0: made him better. Why would you say that? Like giving him uh, reasons, uh, like talking to him, giving him advice, or would you say just working with him as a teammate and playing with him made LeBron better? All of the above. I'll be above. Okay, Brennan. Nick, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think LeBron James was already a superstar and Dwayne Wade uh, pulled the trigger on it, said, Alright, listen, we just lost to the Mavs in the finals. We need to step our shit up or else we're not gonna win the championship like we can and I know you're a
2: monster, so you gotta do what you gotta do to help us win this championship. Um, I would say kinda like what Brennan said, LeBron was already LeBron. Um and he was a monster, and he was he just going to be a championship no and I don't think Dwayne – I mean, having that good team player in mm-hmm. um, Dwayne Wade, because honestly when LeBron went to Miami, Dwayne Wade took a back seat. Right, yeah. He so stepped it was down, like I LeBron think he ahead. needed more of the um, vet. He needed the vet on the team. And Dwayne Wade, I mean, he had already won a championship with Shaq, so he had been there before. He knew what it took, so – I mean, he needed that part, but I think LeBron was already on his way and kind of passed Dwayne Wade in a sense, so. Right,
0: okay. Well, uh, this is what uh, LeBron has to say about it. My dude LeBron says that uh, everything we did, man, it was always genuine, always love, and we always wanted the best for each other, no matter if it was good or bad, all right? So I think LeBron definitely agrees that Dwayne Wade helped him become who he is today. Uh, But also LeBron helped D. Wade become who he is today because there's things like when when D. Wade wanted to join the Cavs, right? Uh, D. Wade didn't have a place to stay. LeBron was kind enough to let D. Wade come into his home and uh, stay there if he needed to. But obviously D. Wade didn't need to stay there all the time because D. Wade needs balling out here. But anyways, um, like I said, uh, D-Wade was also helped out a lot by LeBron uh, during his time when he uh, first moved to, or when uh, LeBron had first went and played for the Heat, D-Wade was going through a divorce and going through some custody wars, and uh, LeBron really helped D-Wade get through this time, but also said that he was inspired by D-Wade for fighting and winning custody for his kids, saying it helped him become a better father, so... LeBron clearly looks at D-Wade as a good friend and a good uh, inspiration for his own life. And moving on, uh, now their kids are playing together in the AAU. Imagine looking over and seeing LeBron James, D-Wade, and Gabriel Union. Is that her name? Gabriel Gabriel. Union? Yep. Uh, Sitting courtside watching you play. That's fucking crazy enough. Alright. Alright, guys. So now, D-Wade awesome basketball player, arguably in his prime when he played for the Heat. Was D-Wade the best teammate LeBron has ever had?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say he was the best teammate he's ever had. Talent-wise, I'd have to disagree, though.
0: Okay. Brendan thinks that talent-wise, Dwayne Wade was not the best uh, teammate LeBron has ever had, and I have to say that I agree with that, just because we have Anthony Davis now stepping up to play with him, and Anthony Davis is a monster. He can basically throw a lob from anywhere on the court, and Anthony Davis will jump above the backboard and grab that bitch and slam it in. So, I think Anthony Davis is the best player that LeBron has ever played with. Don't sleep on Kyrie, though, because that man is also a monster putting up 40 points a game. Nick, what would you have to say about that?
2: Uh, I would just say that uh, teammate-wise, like, if you're looking for that friend, guy you want to hit the bar with after the game, the support, you know, into your personal life. Go to the strip club with? Yeah. You know, word word up. Uh, Uh D-Wade's your man. You know, he'll be there for (laughs) you no matter what. Um, Through all the hard times and everything like that, he'll be your support. But, like, to win games, when it gets down to actually playing some basketball, I mean, AD's your guy. He's just... He's just a monster. And, I mean, those two together, you can already see this year so far, they're 16-3. and three. Top of the West, yes, sir. I, so, I'm not I quite mean, sure
0: about the record, but I know they are top of the West. Yeah, I mean, they
2: just they just lost to the Mavs last night. Um, Which, Luka. the Mavs are a great team. Yeah. Anyways. But, yep. I mean, they're on a 10-game win streak. So, I mean, right. it's already proven that AD and LeBron are working out.
0: Right. So, moving on, we got Harden dropping 60 points in three quarters. Now that's definitely not the first time James Harden has done that shit. Uh, but he put up 60 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, and 3 steals, which is a hell of a game. Uh, he's tied for the third most 60 point games that any player has ever put up in NBA history. So uh, letting that be known. But the Rockets are 13 and 6 right now. Uh, fourth in the West after that game. Uh, what do you guys think about the Harden and Westbrook duo? Is it working out? Has Harden uh, and Westbrook filled the roles properly? Do you think they're going to make it to the championship? Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? What do you have to say about that?
2: Oh, Nick, any comments? Um, I would say it is working out, and I think people were expecting a little bit different um, of how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. I think people thought to see Russ... Um, still putting up the numbers he was putting but uh, he's not the main dude anymore and I think he actually works out a little bit better when he doesn't have to um, produce so consistently and I, I think like that James Harden is just uh, he's just naturally that team leader and he's going to be the one that produces um, I think his style of play just fits that more where Russ can really facilitate and uh, be that guy that you need anything you need him to do he'll do. Right I agree so, completely. Um, I think that was complete opposite of what people thought. I think people, they're still dominant, but I think people thought they were, Russ was still going to be averaging triple-double. James Harden was still going to be doing you know, 60-point games, everything. But I think they're actually working out, and they'll be a little bit better, the roles that I um, agree. both of them are playing now.
0: And if that would have been the dynamic, and Russell Westbrook would have been trying to put up triple-doubles, and James Harden still trying to put up 60 points a game, with, with him doing that, I don't think it would have worked out. But uh, with Russell Westbrook taking a back seat... Kind of chilling. Uh, I have it down here. Russell Westbrook in the last 13 games has only had one triple double this season, or in in his last 13 games, uh, which is obviously out of character for Russell Westbrook. Right. Normally, he'd have many more. Uh, But like I said, the Rockets are hooping right now. Fourth in the West, not bad. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. No, I think they're gonna make the finals. Uh, Probably not. I think they might make it to the conference finals. For the, the West, they might play the Lakers. But uh, winning the finals, I think, is a very far-fetched idea. Uh, Brennan, do you have anything to say about the duo? Uh,
1: no, I haven't been paying that much attention to the Rockets, Ooh. so it would be unfair for uh, yeah. me to comment on them.
0: Okay, okay, we're going we're gonna to move past this one then. Moving on, we have Kyrie. Kyrie, earlier this week, went on social media, made a pretty uh, lengthy text put it on instagram pretty much saying he was tired of the league and like people are fake and uh... you know just that whole gist people don't really love him like that type of stuff uh, Kevin Durant got on and pretty much told some dude to uh... lay off which i agree i think it's pretty dumb Kyrie's in a lot of stress he's in the nba uh, if you and i were in the nba we'd probably be in a lot of stress too But I think he feels like he's getting taken advantage of. And when he puts his opinion out there, Uh, people just shit back on him because he's an athlete. Uh, What would you have to say about that, Brennan? No comment from Brennan. We got Nick going on.
2: (laughs) Um, Just commenting on Kyrie, uh, I would just say that um, there are certain players... That can block out the noise, and he's not one of them at all. He lets that that stuff. He lets that stuff get to him, and I think um, so. I mean, you're human, so naturally it's just gonna get to you. I mean, people talking shit about you all the time, whatnot. But I think to a certain extent, I mean, you're you're gonna have the haters and everything that are coming at you hard all the time. So you just kind of be able to block it out. And uh, I think he's just the one that gets uh, too personal with everything. Do you think uh, him being so personal makes him a better basketball player or a worse basketball player? I think it makes him worse because I think it clouds him sometimes and he's not able to um, perform. Um, I think you could maybe say sometimes it would be like motivation, but then I just feel like he tries to do too much and it just really fucks everything up it. for the team because he is, I mean, he's the best player on that team currently, but I mean, you can only do so much when you start, you know, pushing it. Yeah, it yeah. just really fucks up Overthinking the and it.
0: You start feeling a lot of pressure on yourself to do good, but um, I think Ky- I think Kevin Durant's going to be the f- perfect piece for him because it's going to fill that LeBron James role that uh, LeBron filled for Kyrie. In a sense of uh, he'll be able to give him some advice on uh, handling people on social media because Kevin Durant has the same issues, and uh, he'll be able to take up some of that load on the Nets of scoring points and winning championships and just taking the heat from everybody for doing that. Uh, Brennan, you have uh, anything you'd like to say now?
1: Uh, I would agree with what Nick was saying. I mean, some of the players can just block it all
0: out and completely ignore it, and others can't. Like LeBron. Yeah. Like LeBron? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and LeBron uses it and makes it positive normally. Yeah. He's yeah. very good at that.
1: Yeah, Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie has learned how to turn those negative comments into making him better. They... Uh, gets in his head and he, then he gets into his head and then he doesn't play as well as we're accustomed to him seeing
0: right i agree i think sometimes he'll go off for like a, a 30 point game because of it but what does that matter if you're not winning championships you know right
2: and when kb comes back i mean it'll definitely take the load off of him because he's not going to be the only one that's producing right you know what i mean he's not the only star you know the only face of the team at that point there's two faces you know and there's you know, the media has to attack both. of That's well. right. They'll attack anybody. That'll either. really help them.
1: That could potentially move them to the top of the East. Because once Katie comes back, that floor will be spread. And I think got, for
0: sure. Yeah, the top of the East. That's not even a hard division. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So They've got
1: Karis Levert still. Um,
0: yeah, Karis Levert's a baller. Gold baby. Sure.
1: Who's the? Uh, what, what's the center? The the one with the afro. Jared Allen.
0: Jared Allen. Jared Allen's yeah, a solid young young man. So. So, yeah, that'll, that'll give him a solid team. Uh, moving on, we're talking about the MVP race, ladies and gentlemen. Now, i got to give you a lot of stats. i got a lot of stats that you here. But right now, I think Giannis Antetokounmpo Canumpo is uh, really taking the pie. My dude is uh, scoring friggin' 30. Well, he's averaging 31 points, 6 assists, and 14 rebounds a game off 50% shooting. Uh, he's not shooting so great from the 3-point line. But in the last 13 games, my dude has put up 30, uh, 11, 30 plus point games with double doubles, which is just phenomenal. Now, this is going to be a shitty comparison, but Dwight Howard did something similar on the Orlando Magic back in the day, and I believe that they went very far in the playoffs that year, not and the I finals. Believe they called him Superman.
2: Yeah, they did call so. him
0: Superman. So we can't remember that, folks. But uh, Giannis, you know the Greek freak, pretty similar to Superman, but putting up great numbers this year. But uh, besides him, we got to look at my man LeBron James, always in the wall fucking con- conversation for the goddamn uh, MVP. My bad, part of my language. But uh, LeBron is putting up 26 points, 11 assists, and 7 rebounds off 50% shooting from the field and 35% shooting from three, which is phenomenal. LeBron has not been able to shoot at all in the past. Luca, the young blood, the rookie—well, not rookie anymore, second year second-year vet out here. I'm calling him a vet, folks. Be upset. Be upset about it. Uh, He's putting up 30 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds, averaging a triple-double on the season so far, shooting 48% from the field and 33% from three. These are great numbers. Uh, Lucas straight-up putting up better seasons than Michael Jordan and LeBron were at his age. Sorry to say. I'm not a hater. I'm just acknowledging the fact. Um... And on top of that, we have James Harden scoring thirty-eight points, eight assists, and six rebounds on the season, shooting forty-three percent from the field and thirty-four percent from three. Now these aren't these aren't bad uh, shooting statistics at all, but James Harden does struggle every now and then. I want to know what do you guys uh, who's your favorite for the MVP this year? Uh, Brennan, we'll start with you. Don't sleep on the young guys. Don't sleep on the young boys. Who do? you, what you
1: got Luka Doncic? Luka, Luke, and. Luke. In this last month in November, he averaged 32, 10, and 10. 32, 10, and 10, you said? And he's younger than me. He's
0: 30, 10, and 10 on the season, so he's he's doing very well. All right. Brendan says Luca. He's He's got a solid vote for Luca, so it's put all, your cash on him, it, boy. It's also
1: it's MVP, it's not person that puts up the biggest numbers. Right. Luca's definitely the most valuable And the, the Mavs
0: team. are winning this year, too, for sure. Uh, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. I, I said that early in the year, just letting everybody know. But they're probably gonna be in the playoffs, and uh, they're probably gonna do very good. Uh, Nick, who do you who's your favorite for the MVP this year?
2: I still say hands down, it's LeBron James. Yes, sir, I mean, that's my dog, he's, he's, he's a couple lengths ahead of everyone. Um, he's just dominating. I mean, he's in into his seventeenth season. Last season, he missed the playoffs. I mean, he's he was talking a lot of shit. End of the year, saying he'd be back and everything like that, and he's back. I mean, it's the he, real revenge season for LeBron. He's not fucking around. Not skipping a beat, and it's amazing to see that. Um, that being said, though, close. I mean, the person that's right there is definitely Luca. Luca. I mean, Luca. If Luca were to take home the hardware I wouldn't be surprised at all.
0: So you guys aren't even throwing Giannis in the conversation.
2: No I wanna throw Giannis in that conversation.
0: I Ooh. think um,
1: another another guy's gonna receive votes, I think. But yeah. I know he's not gonna win. Yeah. Trey Young.
0: Trey Young, I have him on my honorable mentions. We'll yep. get to him in a That's second. That's another one I'll put I would, him on there. Yeah. He's balling but he's uh he's putting up a little bit less numbers than the rest of these uh folk, but by the end of the season it'll probably rise, you know. Yep. But um I'd have to say I I want to pick LeBron, but we know I'm a Lakers fan, you know what I'm saying? I've been waiting for a championship since Kobe left, and uh, my dude LeBron is, you know, he's putting up the numbers. I was a hater when he was on Cleveland, called me a bandwagon, but my dude LeBron is now in uh you know, in a Lakers uniform, putting up big numbers for us with 26, 11, and 7. I couldn't be happier, you know, shooting 50% from the field. Uh, moving on, I put uh, Trey Young on the list for honorable mentions. Uh, he's, he's putting up 28, 8, and... Four, uh, 45% shooting from the field, and 38% from three. You guys are familiar with Trey Young. My dude will pull it from the logo, smack one in your face any day of the week. Um, I got Anthony Davis on here, putting up 26, uh, three assists and nine rebounds a game on 47% shooting and 38% from three. I know he hasn't shot much from three this year. That's probably why his three-point percentage is so high. But Right. And... Uh, we have Damian Lillard putting up 27, 7, and 5. And Damian, obviously, is always keeping Portland in the conversation and uh, the playoff talk and whatnot. So he's always out there hooping. And lastly, I want to talk about our boy Carmelo Anthony and his return. Right now, Carmelo is putting up 17.7 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists in 15 minutes of gameplay. On his sixth game so far, shooting forty-six from the f- percent from the field and thirty-seven percent from three. What do you guys have to say about our boy Carmelo Anthony coming out of the coming out of the works?
1: Melo, I don't think really ever fell off. He just wasn't put in a good situation.
0: Facts, throw it out on Brennan. <laughs> and Portland finally
1: gave him that chance, and he was ready. And yep. he's. I don't necessarily want to say he's. He was the piece mellow, they needed mellow, though. But he's he's definitely turning it on and yeah. He's definitely putting Portland at another level.
0: I think uh definitely throwing eighteen more points on a game, getting them rebounds. He's been getting hella rebounds, doing doing a great job for being an old man. Uh, he's putting Portland in a position much better than they were last year. Nick, you got anything to say?
2: For sure. Um I think like Brennan said, he was just putting a really tough spot and uh he wasn't able to do what everyone was expecting of him, mm-hmm. but um, I think now that he's on this team, I mean, he, he's been pretty well, and he's doing what, you know, Noah's always done, he's, he's not throwing up crazy numbers, and he hasn't in a while, but he's consistent, and he's uh, right. contributing to the team, and uh, really just going out there and working, but um, to me, honestly, it's, I don't want to say it's surprising to me because, like Brennan said, I don't think Melo ever fell off. I think he's still Melo, and just right the team situation just wasn't just wasn't fitting him. So it's not surprising to me. It's, I it's think like a Colin Kaepernick it, type it's situation. An ex- it's an expectation for me at this point. We're not. <laughs> we're just gonna ignore the Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna ignore. That I don't know why
0: that was a terrible statement. <laughs> but anyways, but the-
2: yeah, Mello. I think. Uh, it's expect, I expect it. It's not anything special for me.
0: My argument is, like Stephen A. Smith said, name 300 players better than Carmelo Anthony. And you can't uh, do that. There's damn near 300 players in the league. You can't name 300 players better than Carmelo Anthony. I don't give a fuck. He's probably top, top 50 still, at least. Yeah, for sure. Because he's mellow. Anyways. And now we're on to college football, folks. First off, we got the Michigan-Ohio State game. My bread and butter. Uh, I got Brennan here. He's all upset. We got a couple of Michigan fans over here. I'm an Ohio State fan, but uh, my boys put the work on Michigan. I don't even remember the final score. I just, score, I just know we rolled over them real quick. Uh, Nick, you saw the game live. How was the live experience, my dog? Um,
2: We're just going to take a moment of silence. Um, live honestly the watching the game live at the any game live at the big house let alone Ohio State Michigan um, is always exciting it's a great atmosphere best place to watch a college football game in the world just putting that out there um, First half looked pretty decent until the end of the second quarter when they uh, Shea decided to fumble the ball. and I don't know. Gus Johnson called the bl- blast of air. Yeah, uh, what, Gus, what, Gus Johnson was the hard hit to play call. On, saying but, Gus to win made him um, drop it. Shea just couldn't hang on to the ball. Fumbled it. Lost it. Came down. Got him in the fourth down situation. Jumped off sides. Yep. It was over from there. Literally momentum shifted. Went into half. Came out. Defense was flat. I mean, it was just... The second half was embarrassing, obviously. Right. Um, but the overall, like, just atmosphere of watching a college football game, it's it's fun. To was there, there. A,
0: a good tailgate? Lots of people outside tailgating? Or was um, it cold? Very cold. It was
2: cold, so we didn't tailgate as long as what we usually do. We usually get there around, like, 8 a.m. or something like mm-hmm. that for the noon games. We got there at, like, 11. So plenty of uh,
0: drinks there. going around. Oh, plenty drinking. of drinks. Yep. And, uh,
2: <laughs> surprisingly, though, there's... I mean, there's... It's a rivalry game for everyone that says it isn't. It's still a rivalry game, um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of respect between the two teams. So there's not a lot of uh, you know fighting, yeah, or fight and arguments like that. that go on. Um, it's Detroit pretty, big house, back yeah, in <laughs> It's pretty uh, pretty tame actually, and everyone's there to have a good time, you know, and just watch some football. So the overall atmosphere, atmosphere of it is nice,
0: right? Merlin, um, how do you feel about taking that loss on the season? <laughs> Same shit, different year. Same shit, different year. That's
1: correct. Our um, first half started out all right, then some kind of mistakes. Some Michigan did to themselves, shot themselves on the foot.
0: Yeah, they really need to get Shea Patterson out of there. And I'm then, sorry, but yeah, the that combination guy do
1: of it. Shea's play with Jim Harbaugh's play calling and Don I don't know Jim Harbaugh's defensive on, play either. calling made it a pathetic.
0: My dude, Jim Harbaugh kept calling these runs. Um, like Y'all aren't going to run by the Ohio State y'all defense, number one, it's Jim but it's offense. red zone. Well, it's not Jim. Who is it, then? Who calls the offense? Josh. Josh. Josh is guys, the new, the offensive, new offensive
2: coordinator this year. Okay. Well. Jim called the offense in the past, and it was just bad yeah. bad, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I didn't think the offensive play calling was that bad. I just think the defense didn't get yeah. him into situations that could help him out, either. I mean, Ohio State, they couldn't stop. Um, well, yeah. It's K. hard to K. stop K. Ohio
0: State, though,
2: too. Um, they they couldn't do anything. And when you can't stop the wrong game, I mean, your game is over. You're, and if you're not, you're not consistent
0: against the Ohio State, you don't have a chance anyways, yeah. anyway. All right, moving on. We have um, the Texas A&M versus LSU game. Uh, LSU walked over Texas A&M, basically. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a good night receiving. Uh, Burrow had a great game, hitting the right receivers at the right time. Overall, it's a dominating performance by uh, LSU. The defense is doing very good. Fred making fun of me for <laughs> smacking my lips right now, but we're just going to ignore that. Um, so, LSU will face Ohio State probably in the near future. Who do in you guys. In the championship game. What? In the championship In the championship game, game yes. Uh, who do you guys favorite in that bout? LSU or Ohio State?
2: LSU. I say LSU right now. Um. They were able to, they've shown that they can stop the run. And I think if you stop the run, I mean, LSU has what, two top, top five corners right now in the nation? Grand El Pits and top safety. Yeah. And, uh... You know, so I think if you can stop their, if you can drop, stop Fields and Dobbins, you, they should be managed. How do you think they should go about stopping Dobbins? Dobbins is a dumb. Break
0: his leg. Break his leg.
2: Stop <laughs> the only way to stop that <laughs> dude is massive.
0: All right. Let's get input on that. <laughs> um Wisconsin played Minnesota. That was a pretty good game. Uh, Wisconsin played great offense. Jonathan Taylor ran for seventy six yards, also had two receiving touchdowns. Um and their defense played great and they won thirty eight to seventeen. And they advance to play OSU next week in the Big Ten Championship. What do you guys feel about that? I feel that OSU is going to walk over Wisconsin like they do every team in the league because they're just awesome. But uh, Wisconsin looked good. They looked like they were playing good offense, good defense, so they could put up a pretty good game. What do you guys think?
1: Ohio State is probably more than likely going to win. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be a necessarily... I don't know if it'll necessarily be a blowout, blowout, but kind of like a score like last week where Wisconsin played Minnesota, I'm thinking. Taylor is definitely going to get them a few touchdowns. By far the best back in the class, I think. Okay. Um, But, yeah, Ohio State is going to probably win the easiest conference championship and coast to the number two seed.
2: Okay. Yeah, the only you way there they you think they flipped them. You think they flip LSU and Ohio State because they flipped them this week. Ohio State is yeah. number one. I don't LSU think they they flipped one. them two
1: weeks in a row now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they will because all the the CFP committee's got a hard on for SEC. So no matter what LSU does, LSU is going to stay at one. Yeah. I agree. And the four seeds probably going to be an SEC team too. Yeah. And you're going to leave out more likely Utah and Baylor.
0: Okay. Um, I didn't get to comment on the LSU-Ohio State game either, but uh, I definitely think Ohio State is taking the W on that one too, folks. It'll probably be a close game, but uh, I think Ohio State is way too persistent on offense and defense for LSU to handle, so that's just my opinion. <laughs> Lastly, we want to talk about our great home state, Detroit. Encouraging fans not state. to come to the games. Now, Brennan... Tell me a little bit more about this, cause I do not recall exactly what is going on.
1: Well, basically, our tired of an owner, Martha Ford, told season ticket holders not to come to the next two games, and they'll get half off next year's season tickets.
0: You heard it here, folks. Uh, <laughs> telling season ticket owners not to come to the next two games, and they'll give them half off next year's tickets. Why is Detroit doing this, Brennan? Fuck if I know. Brennan says, fuck if I know. That means <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. something ridiculous is going on in the system.
1: The worst part about it is, the only way you get in order to fucking pay attention is to reduce ticket sales, and she's encouraging the last few games of the season to be empty.
2: Yeah, so how do you beat that? What'd you say? Yeah, I don't get it. I would think you would reward... Your season ticket holders for being to every single game, and then you know getting a discount or whatever. And I'm I'm also confused. That doesn't year, but, seem very good for business. I, mean, I, I'm, I I I don't I don't know. That's just interesting. To me. <laughs> I mean, they're already garbage, so no one would have went anyways. Right. But literally
1: half the fucking teams on the IR now.
2: Yeah.
0: What like, IR? What do you mean? Entered reserve. Oh, your reserve, I
2: mean, there's nothing to go and watch, but still, I mean, you have your good old die-hard Lions fans that are there week right. in, week out, you'd think you'd want someone there. So. Yeah,
1: again, well, I got my uh, order of paper bags in the mail right now. For what? Paper bags. For what? Cover my face so nobody knows I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> Detroit fans are discouraged and really confused by why our owner is discouraging us for coming to games. We, uh, we want to come see our Lions play.
1: No, I don't think we do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh,
0: that's, that's all, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week to give you guys some more content. Stay tuned.